So good morning and welcome to this week's The New PL to the Point. The New PL to the Point is a weekly podcast series where in around 10 minutes each week, we break down the key elements of our weekly The New PL conversations with industry leaders and entrepreneurs. We offer an opinion on the key points from the conversations and how our listeners may practically apply them in their business. In today's The New PL to the Point, we break down and analyze this week's conversation with Dr. Natalie Nixon. Natalie is a creative strategist and president of Figure Eight Thinking, where she advises leadership teams on transformation, specifically through the lens of creativity and foresight, and how to apply wonder and rigor to these businesses that will really amplify the value. And we discussed with Natalie her new book, The Creativity Leap. We started the conversation with Natalie by discussing why she has decided now was the right time to write The Creativity Leap. And Natalie said it was because she was increasingly being invited into companies to help them design and build cultures of innovation. However, she also increasingly suspected that many of the businesses that she was speaking to were starting at the wrong place in terms of how they approached and begin to build stronger cultures of innovation. And Natalie said this was in part because we don't always have the same understanding of what we mean by innovation. And she realized that she couldn't critique the stance or the approach a company was taking with regards to innovation if she didn't then have a viable alternative. And her experience across many, many years, both in academic and in business worlds, led her to believe that the innovation process needs to start with the creativity process. And this is a really great point because I think sometimes when discussing innovation with some executives myself, that line between creativity and innovation or at least the direct line that should exist, has been so frayed over time that it's virtually unrecognizable or non-existent. And when you think about it objectively, that seems incredible, but it is true. And the workshops that we run at the new PL Institute, we always draw a direct line between personal curiosity to professional creativity that in turn encourages a culture of innovation. Because there is a direct line between the curiosity we seek as individuals and the innovation we develop as businesses. And when that direct line works well, it may seem to the outsider as though it is, it is easy or it is just implicit in business, that some businesses just innovate by nature. But the reality is far from that because the strength of the direct line in business from personal curiosity to professional creativity that encourages a culture of innovation is the result of a deep series of actions an ongoing commitment to creating a culture with trust, collaboration, understanding, encouragement, and support right at its heart. And it relies on having a CEO and a board and a management team and employees and a chief innovation officer if a company has one, all of whom completely understand the relationship between personal curiosity and professional commercial creativity and innovation in a business. And that all of those people work hard to embed all of these aforementioned characteristics deep into the heart of the business. And this is where Natalie's process, which is focused on wonder and rigor is so strong, I think. Because as I mentioned in my discussion with Natalie, there is a remarkably persistent belief in business that if an idea is strong enough, it will somehow magic itself into existence and drive its own success. And if it doesn't, then the perception is the idea wasn't strong enough. But to use a clear and poignant example, a sports car sitting in a driveway will not drive itself, despite how well-designed and high-performance lead it is. And I know some cars now do drive themselves, but for the purposes of this example, you know what I mean. 
It needs us as humans to drive it to maintain it and to create the opportunity for it to perform at its peak. So if a business wants innovation in the truest sense, in its most productive, successful sense, then it must create the conditions for it in the business, for it to flourish and to grow, to create the opportunity for wonder, as Natalie calls it, to explore and express creativity underpinned by a culture of encouragement, and then the process for it, the rigor, the second part of Natalie's process, the rigor to ensure that once the creativity has flowed and been embraced, that there is a process in place to assess it, test it, ask the right questions of it, and then put those ideas through their paces to ensure that they are robust ideas and that they are strong and that they are an innovative proposition. Natalie also mentioned that part of the rationale behind the creativity leap was that she had a desire to, as she put it, figure out a way to offer a simple and accessible way to democratize creativity so that those in the hallowed halls of business, as she described it, had stopped looking at her with skepticism when she discussed that creativity and siloed the creativity as a result of their skepticism. And this exact point I dedicated to another recent, the new PNL to the point. Because leaders can't build a more creative culture without first questioning their own perceptions, views and opinions of what creativity actually is and the value that they believe it brings to a business. Because clearly perceptions create actions and actions in turn create more perceptions that set the process and set the path. So leaders that want to start integrating more creativity into their business could start with one simple process first. They can start by questioning their own relationship with and views of what constitutes creativity, because some might be very surprised at their own prejudices, misunderstandings or misconceptions when it comes to creativity in a commercial context. And Natalie made another great point on this, and that was that it just so happens that artists are outstanding at wrestling with the ambiguity of creativity. But just because they are, it doesn't mean that creativity is not also the powerful engine of innovation in business. So business leaders and owners and employees also need to find a way or ways to embrace and exploit creative ambiguity. And I think this is where many of the issues lie when it comes to creativity. Because a natural byproduct of our ego and our cultural experiences, both personal and professional, is the apprehension or fear we have towards things that we do not understand or feel we cannot control. And the constant chameleon that is creativity plays into that ego and apprehension and fear in a professional sense. And too often in business as a result, we see ambiguity as a challenge or creative ambiguity as a challenge, a problem to solve rather than something to get excited about and looking at all the possibilities that that ambiguity could open up for us if only we could embrace it. And when you add in all of the mythology that has been built up over generations about the creative gene and how some of us are more naturally creative than others and so on, then you have a very potent cocktail for the containment of and the skepticism of and the lack of understanding of the powerful role that creativity can play in moving a company forward. So let's look at creativity this way in its simplest form. Creativity is a muscle. We all have this muscle within us to greater or lesser degrees. And just like athletes, some of us may be perhaps slightly more naturally gifted in certain areas of creativity, but then we don't always use that natural ability as much as we should or train as hard as we should or apply it as consistently as we should. 
And then there are others whose natural ability may not appear to be at face value as strong, but they end up outperforming others, not because they are more naturally creative, but like the hardworking athletes, they put in so much work to ensure that the ability they have in this area is maximized. And the more you feed and exercise your creative muscle in your business, the more you will create the conditions, not for it just to survive, but to really thrive. And in line with this, it's also worth considering how you are actually defining creativity in a business context, or at least in the context of your own business. Because if you're trying to compare the output of your brainstorms to Picasso or Steve Jobs, for example, then of course you're going to feel frustrated or disappointed or feel underwhelmed or let down by the expectations that could never be delivered in the first place. Because your company isn't Apple and you're not Picasso. But if you start by defining what creativity means to you and your business and how it could be applied in your business and start soliciting the inclusive views from across your organization and not just approach the usual suspects for their views and opinions to ensure you don't inadvertently narrow the potential for your creativity even before you start, then I think you'd be amazed at how many qualified opinions, opportunities and areas you could apply much more innovative and creative thinking too. And as I have suggested so many times over the course of the last 18 months on the new PL, once you commit to embracing creativity in your business, remember the commitment doesn't end with the opening up of opportunity for creative expression. Equally as critical is the process to capture all of those great ideas that you then come up with through that freedom of expression and the ability to revisit them and reframe them and use them at a later date. And that takes consistency and discipline and curation of those beautiful and wonderful ideas that you've now collected. So as Natalie said, we need two key critical components for creativity in business. We need that wonder, that creative expression, that ideation, that excitement and imagination to dream and believe. But then we need the rigor to test and thrash out those ideas and curate them and collaborate on them and build on them and revisit them and reframe them with our new thinking and new context as time changes. So we need to fully embrace both and take action on both and then follow the rich creative flow that will inevitably emerge in your business. Thank you once again for listening to the new PL to the point today. The conversation with Natalie this week was such a fantastic exploration into the opportunities for creativity in your business. So I would invite you, encourage you to go back and listen to the full conversation with Natalie Nixon. And if you'd like to learn more about what Natalie does, then just check out the links in the notes that accompany this podcast. And before we leave today's conversation, we would love to have you as part of our new PL community. So if you're interested in learning more about our movement to bring more principled leadership to business, please go to principlesandleadership.com and subscribe. We'd love to have you as part of our community and part of our movement for a much more principled approach to leadership in business. We look forward to welcoming you into our community. I'm Paul, host of the new PNL to the point. Thank you once again for listening and have a great day.